Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well, Dano. Doing well. Yeah, yeah trying to drink from a fire hose and get you all the information. Huh. I mean, it literally is coming in so... I mean, there's so much information coming in nightly from emails and from sources and from regular media that I'm I'm really having a tough time just kind of channeling everything to tell you what the most important news of the day is. But I think I've got it together today. Got a lot of notes. Um, two predictions from yesterday's show. Mm-hmm. Um, both of which sadly seem to be coming true. Um, one on the missing texts from the FBI agents and another mm-hmm. on the leaks from yesterday's show. Um, uh, you know, again, Joe, I want to I'm not hoping to be right. I'd rather yeah. be wrong and the country be better off. Yeah. But uh, we weren't. Yesterday's show uh, called it again. Hey, before we get into that, today's show brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. Big fan of these guys. I like the letter I. The iTarget Pro system is the best system out there for any of you out there looking to increase your marksmanship. Listen, anybody can fire a firearm. It's not difficult. You just pull the trigger, okay? Um, the question is, can you hit what you're firing at? That's what makes a good marksman. Now, this is for hunters, this system, for sportsmen, for self-defense uh, for, you know, advocates, for people out there uh, who just are first-time gun owners and want to learn how to fire a gun. I got an email from a guy today. He said he, he taught his nephew um, how to properly handle and safely handle and appropriately handle a firearm with this system. Right. Now, what is the iTarget Pro system? It's a laser bullet you drop in the firearm you have now, okay? You don't have to do any special modifications. You don't have to buy any special equipment. They will send you this laser bullet in a target. You drop it in the barrel, the weapon you you have now, I have a Glock 43, drop the nine millimeter round in. And of course, safely, when you press the trigger on the weapon, what ordinarily would be a dry fire, an unloaded weapon, it'll hit this laser bullet and it'll emit a laser onto the target. And you'll see where that round would have won. This is going to take your dry fire practice to the next level. Remember, competitive shooters dry fire more than 10 times more than they uh, live fire at the range. The range is great. You need to go to the range. But you also need to practice your trigger control, your sight alignment, equal light on both sides, aligned along the top, get that front sight, acquire it. This is the best way to practice in the safety and security of your own home. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter I, targetpro.com. Pick up this system today. You'll never be able to put it down. The reviews on this have been absolutely tremendous. People love it. You'll be shooting the wings off a fruit fly soon. itargetpro.com. Promo code DAN. That's D-A-N. Promo code DAN for 10% off. itargetpro.com. Check it out. Okay. Uh so yesterday, I had said to you uh, yesterday's show that I thought this was uh, a canary trap, that this was the missing texts aren't, in fact, missing. Yeah. Um, I believe that. I said it on the Hannity show last night. Uh, just to recap a bit, there is a sensitive period from December to May, December of 2016 to May of 2017, when the special counsel was appointed and the Russian, you know, air quotes here, collusion uh, investigation is going on where Joe mysteriously hmm. these FBI investigators uh, an FBI investigator and this lawyer he's having an affair with who's intimately involved oh. in the Trump Russia and Hillary email investigation oh what crazy <laughs> these texts are just gone nobody could seem to find them I had suggested to you that those texts are not in fact gone and I don't believe they are right. now let me read to you son I will put this in the show notes today this is going to be in the show notes at Bongino.com. Please go there, subscribe. Subscribe to my email list. I will send this right to you, this link. I want you to read this yourself. This is a letter from Senator Ron Johnson and Senator Chuck Grasley. The last portion of this is critical. They were, they're 
they're writing to the FBI and the OIG about what these missing texts in the period they cover. And at the end of the, uh, the letter, it says the OIG expanded our request to the FBI to include all text messages between Stroke and Page from November 30th, 2016, through the date of the document request, which was July 2017. So let's be clear, Joe. They're talking about the period where these things, these texts are alleged to have been missing. Here's the last sentence here. The OIG received these additional messages on October 10th, 2017. Yo, what do you mean you received them? You either have them or you don't. Now, I, I'm not knocking the, the OIG is the Office of Inspector General. To be clear and to simplify this story, Joe. Mm-hmm. They are the internal affairs for the federal government that are investigating this entire fiasco. The FBI screw up on the Clinton email investigation. The FBI screw up on the Trump Russia investigation. They are involved in the investigating the investigators. OK, yeah. Grassley and Johnson, two U.S. senators, Republicans, to be clear, not there's a problem with that, but just so we understand where this is going are asking the OIG, wait, are these things really missing? Because you said you had them. I'm Listen, I can't conclusively prove to you, although I said, and I mean this, I'm willing to put my reputation on it with this show, and I said it on Hannity last night, that these texts are not missing. Folks, there is something going on here. They are either laying a trap for people here, or they are leaking information intentionally to catch leakers. I don't believe these texts are missing at all, and I believe these texts are the keys to the kingdom. They are going to describe the entire effort to reverse engineer a crime against the Trump administration. To be clear, because some people were confused on this on email. I thought I was clear, but I may not have been. When I say reverse engineer a crime, I mean the standard way an investigation occurs is complaint, investigation, discovery of a crime, prosecution. It doesn't start complaint, investigation, fabricate a crime to justify the investigation and then start a prosecution. In other words, they had to reverse engineer a crime, go back and reverse engineer a crime because there was no crime after the investigation that shouldn't have been started in the first place. So what were they doing? They were covering their investigation. And there are two things I think had to do. This is important. The two things I think, the two elements that were the parts of the reverse engineering. In other words, to cover their tracks. If Joe and I are federal investigators, right, Joe? Yeah. And we're investigating someone we just don't like. Right. We find nothing. Right. Now we realize in the course of the investigation, we did things that were illicit, immoral, and potentially illegal. Yeah. We broke into the person's house. We swore to a search warrant for their house, and the facts we swore to weren't true. Mm-hmm. And then we find nothing. Now all of a sudden, Joe or I are in, are in a panic. We have to reverse engineer a crime. So now we go looking for the mattress tag. Right. Did he rip off a mattress tag? Let's just say we were doing that the whole time to cover their tracks. That's what I'm suggesting. The Logan Act and the dossier had everything to do with. The dossier was an effort by the FBI working with Christopher Steele, Mm -hmm. Orbis, Fusion GPS, being paid by the Democrat Party. This was their effort, the dossier, to provide ex post facto facts to justify a crap investigation that should have never started in the first place. Oh, crap. (laughs) That was a good one. I like that. (laughs) Folks, the Logan Act was part two of that. 
The Logan Act was an effort to embroil Mike Flynn in this. The Logan Act, the it, it, that the you know U.S. private U.S. citizens cannot negotiate with foreign government officials on behalf of the U.S. government is never. It's a joke. It's never been prosecuted in the history of the United States. The Logan Act was used. They were like, oh, let's get him with the Logan Act because yeah. he talked to the Russian ambassador, which I said to you was convenient because Flynn's in the Dominican Republic when they monitor the call, mm-hmm. and a few days before. If those for those of you who missed the show a few weeks ago, I'm sorry if I'm talking fast, but I want to set up a couple more things here. Flynn's in the Dominican Republic taking a break after the Trump wins the election. Right. It's convenient that right around this time period, the Obama administration kicks the Russians out of this house they have up in New York, knowing what's going to happen. Of course, the Russian ambassador is then going to call or try to contact the incoming national security advisor about what's going on here. I am of the firm and absolutely convinced belief that Obama did that, that action, kicking out the Russians from this house they had in New York, knowing it was going to instigate a call that they were going to monitor between Flynn and the Russians. Again, reverse engineering a crime. They're not investigating the Russian ambassador and, oh, look what happened, Joe. We just Mm -hmm. happened to find a call with Mike Flynn. They're targeting Mike Flynn, setting the Russian ambassador up, And believe me, he's not a good guy in this, the Russians. Mm -hmm. Don't mistake my words here. I'm just trying to tell you how they set up Flynn. They kicked the Russians out of the house. Is this making sense, Joe? Yeah. Knowing the Russians are going to contact the incoming administration, knowing Flynn is going to talk to them, knowing they're monitoring Flynn the whole time under false pretenses, which is the Logan Act. Yeah. This is what I mean by reverse engineering a crime. If you forward engineer a crime the right way, I shouldn't say engineer, if you forward investigate a crime, You're investigating, you come up with evidence, you use that evidence to build a prosecutable criminal case. You don't decide on what the criminal case is going to be. We're going to prosecute Mike Flynn for the Logan Act and then go back in time and start to cover your tracks for what you did for a crime you were already convinced you were going to prosecute. That's not the way this works. Okay. Um, Also, one more thing on this. Here's an interesting screenshot from Byron York from a piece he had, which I I put in the show notes a few times from December. They were talking about this. Again, this is more evidence that Flynn at the time has no idea what's going on. This prosecute that the FBI is targeting him. And I don't believe it's naivete. I think it's just Mike Flynn not thinking he did anything wrong, which I'm convinced at this point outside of some, you know, administrative mistakes he made. I'm convinced Flynn's story is going to be told far differently. But here's a piece by York talking about when the FBI interview him. Remember this, folks. During the period the text messages are alleged to be missing, Mm -hmm. the FBI goes to the White House. This is important, Joe. York's tweet, he has a screenshot and he has some accompanying text with the tweet, Joe. He says... Flynn didn't have a lawyer present with this FBI meeting because he basically had no idea that anyone he did anything wrong he doesn't even know what this is about so here's a quick quote from that york piece screenshot here later that day talking about the day the fbi interviews finn Mm -hmm. flynn two fbi agents arrived at the white house to speak with flynn a lawyer for the national security council typically would be informed of such a meeting and be present for it one person familiar with the procedure said but that didn't happen in this instance and flynn didn't even include his own personal lawyer two people said He met with the two federal agents alone, according to these people. No one knew any of this was happening, said another senior White House official who was there at the time. 
Apparently, it was not clear to Flynn that this was about his personal conduct, another White House official said. So he didn't even think of bringing a lawyer. Why would he think about bringing a lawyer? Now, Joe, let me ask you a common sense question. Here. Of course. If you think you're being interviewed by the FBI mm-hmm. for potential involvement in criminal conduct, you know you committed. Why? Because you committed it. Yeah. Isn't the first thing you do if you're a senior White House official to get a lawyer or advise someone that there's a problem? Lawyer up, babe. Yeah. Lawyer up. Flynn does none of this. Folks, I'm telling you, that's why these critical text messages that are missing when all of this is going on, I absolutely believe, number one, aren't missing, and two, are an effort for the FBI to get rid of these text messages because they lay out how they are going to cover their tracks by manufacturing a crime against Mike Flynn. I have no doubt. Okay, so that was point number one, yesterday's prediction that the texts aren't missing. I read to you the, the letter, how the OIG says he has them. So they either have them or they don't. I think they have them. Second thing I said yesterday, I said, you can expect a Bob Mueller leak because Bob Mueller, folks, I'm sorry, but I'm not sure anymore Mueller's a good guy in any of this. I'm just not. He has too many conflicting interests. Mueller should recuse himself and step aside. Mueller is personal and professional friends with Jim Comey, a central player in this entire scandal. Now, by the way, um, (laughs) little side note, this is funny. Do you know Jim Comey blocked me on Twitter? No. You believe that? (laughs) Yeah, I've been shredding out. Listen, to be fair, I block everybody on Twitter. I do. If you'd say something stupid, I block you. So I'm not trying to like claim some kind of moral high ground. But it's just kind of funny that I've been shredding him on Twitter and he blocked me. I couldn't find him yesterday. I'm like, what happened? So he blocked me on Twitter because I've been eating his lunch. (laughs) But Comey's a central player in all of this. He's the director of the FBI as all of this is going down. Do you really believe he doesn't know? Comey is personal, very close personal and professional friends with Bob Mueller. Mueller's former chief of staff, John Carlin, is also the DOJ National uh, Security Division uh, head. Where this case originates, and I believe this Logan Act manufacturing of a crime originates, that was Mueller's buddy. Now, I'm going to get to Carlin in a minute. I have some sound here because this is important. I said this last night on Hannity, too. Don't forget this guy. Mm-hmm. Because this scandal is so, so deep. I got a ton of it. Don't go anywhere today. I've got so much information to put out to you. And another great piece by Andy McCarthy, too. But point number one was a missing text. Point number two were the leaks. Yesterday, as if on cue, Joe, three leaks come out right around the same time. Number one, it's leaked that they interviewed Jeff Sessions. Mm -hmm. Did we not call it? Mm. Oh, look, they interviewed Sessions. By the way, who cares? Yeah. So what? I interviewed with the Secret Service when I wanted a job. I interviewed with the FBI, too, when I wanted a job. I, I was interviewed once about a a, a a burglary in my house by the cops. The fact that they interviewed Jeff Sessions means absolutely nothing. But you understand what I said to you yesterday. Mm-hmm. They needed a story to leak to distract from the devastating information contained in those texts that were released about a secret society about uh how uh, how they had to wrap up uh mye mid-year exam mid-year exam was the fbi code name for the clinton email investigation folks listen to me these texts are devastating and you know what? I'll get back to something. Can I just give you a personal note for a second? I know I try not to do this because I don't want like to waste your time. But my wife was is on the road. She thankfully comes back today. I miss her. I'm I, I'm not good alone. 
And Joe, last night, I'm sitting home, and I don't get to talk to her much. She had a busy work trip, and she calls me, and it's about 9.30 Eastern time. I had just wrapped up on Hannity, and she said to me, she's like, Dan, she never calls me Dan. She has a nickname, which I will never disclose on the air, but it may be one day. It's a good thing uh, I don't know it. Yeah, yeah, I haven't even told <laughs> you, right? <laughs> You'd left, that's why. Um, she says, you know, she knows me better than anybody on the planet. She goes, I saw you on TV tonight, and you just looked awful. Like, you looked angry, like really angry. She goes, why? And 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 listen, it's obvious I'm I'm upset a lot yeah. on TV about what's going on, but I try to smile once in a while. I always remember the Walter Williams, the the uh, unbelievably brilliant economist who said, you know, when you talk about, uh, he was told by, what is it, Milton Friedman, when you talk about liberty, talk about it with a smile. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't smiling last night. And folks, I mean this as a friend to you and, you know, as a, as a fellow partner in this podcasting enterprise we're all engaged in here. I'm devastated by this whole thing. Absolutely devastated. I mean, I was a Secret Service agent, and Joe's known me from the beginning. Mm -hmm. He's He met me probably three weeks after I left the job at a morning media appearance on his radio station at WCBM. He's known me through this entire enterprise, transition from uh, private life as a Secret Service agent in the public sector, then to a public profile running for office. And I, I, I can't believe it, Joe. I mean, when I was a Secret Service agent, I'm not patting myself on the back, folks. Mm -hmm. I'm not. This is in no way an act of self-praise. It's just an explanation as to, because a woman emailed me yesterday, this is the genesis, and she's like, you know, you've been yelling a lot and you're upset. I, I am, folks. I have walked away from one of the greatest jobs in law enforcement. I was so proud of it. I was a Secret Service agent. My parents loved it. I mean, I was I was an, an agent on the Presidential Protection Division doing lead advances around the world. Yeah, I know you, you know, I was just a poor kid from Queens. Yeah. I loved my job. It wasn't like I walked away in utter disgust. But I walked away... Gave up everything, did my best run. There was no guarantee this podcast was going to take off. But I did all this, but walked away from a job that I was proud to do, even when Obama was in office, who, in my opinion, is the most destructive president in modern American history. I never once, folks, never once during that time was like, well, I better do a lesser job as a Secret Service agent because it's a Democrat and his policies are terrible. And what I can't get through my head and why I was so angry last night, because when you do a Fox hit, Joe, yeah. especially from the home studio, which you're seeing now, mm -hmm. you, I, I get in the seat early so I can hear Hannity's show. I can hear his monologue. And Hannity did a damning monologue last night of just this. You can't listen to it and not say to yourself, what is going on in our republic? It's falling apart. And where are the liberals? I mean, I can't tell the story enough. The governor of Maryland right now's dad was a Republican congressman, a Republican who was one of the first people to come out and say, Nixon, you got to go, buddy. Mm -hmm. Where are the Democrats? Joe, I mean, how do you as a, a patriotic, God-fearing American not watch what's going on and say, guys, ladies, can we all agree this is an, a, a legislative, moral, ethical, and, and democratic abomination what happened? Yeah. And the fact that not only the targeting of Donald Trump, the character assassination of Donald Trump, and the, the legal witch hunt of Donald Trump, but they can't even admit that happened. They not, they not only won't admit that happened, they're doubling down on a fake narrative to distract you. Now getting back to where I was. 
Sorry for the side, but it's important. The leaks, Joe, are a morally and ethically bankrupt effort to distract you from the destruction of the Constitutional Republic and refocus you on a lying, scheming political narrative that liberals want you to believe that is factually not true. They understand. Folks, please take this to the bank. Liberals and Democrats understand that if the story of the Obamagate spying scandal on Trump, the real story gets out, that it will forever, forever destroy the idea that Democrats, number one, are in it for the little guy, and number two, that they're not police state supporters. They are absolutely police state supporters, and they know this. So they're out there with this nonsense. Oh, Mueller interviewed Sessions. Wow, what a convenient timing there. That wasn't it, though. There's another leak by a media entirely corrupted. Folks, the Washington Post and the New York Times are nothing more than Pravda. I said to you yesterday when I described the reporting by a certain Washington Post reporter Mm -hmm. who seemed to have information he shouldn't have had and then doubled down on defense of the FBI. That these people are working in defense of liberal, big state, police state ideologies. They are not media people. These are state apparatchiks. Now, what did they come out with yesterday? Another liberal media report. This Joe, scandalous. Another leak. Remember, I told you leaks were going to happen. So the first one was Sessions was interviewed. Who cares? So what? Second leak. Andy McCabe, the number two at the FBI, whose wife ran for office as a Democrat with the support of the Clinton consigliaries in Virginia. Andy McCabe, intimately involved in all of these investigations. The number two, it leaks yesterday that Trump asked him who he voted for. (gasps) 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 Shaggy! So, number one, they deny the story. But number two, again, who cares? What does that even matter? That was a leak yesterday, folks. Do you see how desperate these savages are? He asked Andy McCabe who he voted. Who cares who he voted for? <laughs> Apparently McCabe said he didn't vote. I don't care. What is, Folks, can you point to me anywhere in the criminal code where a, a citizen of the United States, the, Joe, I'm, I'm not crazy, right? No. The president's still a citizen. He's allowed. Joe, who did you vote for? I, the answer is I don't care. I don't want to know. <laughs> right. Don't tell the audience. I know who Joe voted for, but I don't care. It is entirely irrelevant to the Dan Bongino show. I know Joe. I know when he votes, when he doesn't vote, we vote. I don't care. Right. What does it matter? The answer is it matters to liberals because they are desperate. Because the walls are closing in on Obama, they are desperate to distract. There was another effort to distract, not necessarily a leak yesterday, but one more I just want to get to. And please, read this story. It'll be up at the show notes at Bongino.com. Don't forget, there is an effort now by chief clown in Congress, this, 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 immoral vacuum of a human being, Adam Schiff, who is the leader of the Trump collusion lie. And Dianne Feinstein, who occasionally says something nonpartisan, but I, I, how she's involved in this, I'm, I thought she had more common sense. She's another Democrat. 
But these are two, well, at, at least one, because I, I want to, it's tough. I want to be fair to Feinstein. I, I don't even know if, you know what, I shouldn't even, she's the one, it's Feinstein's the one who leaked the Fusion GPS thing. She's in this too. For, I mean, for, if, there's no fairness for her. I mean, fairness for what? She's been knee deep in this nonsense too. They now, Joe, are demanding a social media investigation into the release the memo hashtag claiming that it's Russian bots doing it. Oh, come on. Folks, folks, do you understand? I, I'm asking the liberals listening to this, please, please, it, it, uh, in the name of everything good about this country, do you understand you are being played for a sucker? This is an effort. By the way, they did a little cursory investigation of this. I think it was the Daily Beast and mm-hmm. reported that the release the memo hashtag, which was trending on Twitter. And by the way, release the memo, meaning the memo describing that Congress has read a lot over 200 members of Congress are describing the Obamagate spying scandal. They want that released to the public. Adam Schiff, who's trying to hide this because he says you're too stupid, by the way, to understand what's going on. That's what he told a weekend news outlet that you are too. You shouldn't see this memo, although it's supposedly damning. Members of Congress are putting their credibility on the line with this, that you shouldn't see the memo because you're too stupid to understand it. Schiff's line now is, oh, no, this hashtag trending on Twitter is all the Russians doing it, despite the fact that there is absolutely no evidence that that's in fact true. It is another effort by sick, deranged police state tyrants in the D.C. swamp and in the former in the former Obama White House to destroy our constitutional republic and firmly entrench the ability of them to use the swamp, the bureaucrats, police state intelligence operators, and police state law enforcement operators to target their political opponents both now and in the future. If this is uncovered, like I absolutely believe it's going to be, the mechanism by which the Obama administration used police state powers to hammer their political opponents, the American people are going to be in an uproar. And Democrats need police state powers to do this again in the future. Folks, we are in a, an absolute crisis right now. Make no mistake. This is extremely serious, and I'm sorry if it sounds emotional, and I'm sorry if this information is disturbing, and I'm sorry that we've now done 10 shows on it, but we're trying to interdisperse news of the day as well, but I'm telling you, you are living through the most serious constitutional crisis in modern times. We simply cannot continue to fake ourselves out, do a ball fake here, that we are living in a legitimate constitutional republic if in said constitutional republic there's no more right to privacy and police state powers can be used by politicians to analyze information, analyze political information, mix it with law enforcement information, target and bankrupt political opponents. We cannot consider, we cannot continue to pretend that is not third world police state nonsense. We can't. And if we don't fix this and drive public pressure now and have somebody, somebody penalized for this, whether it's civilly, whether it's criminally, I don't, I don't it's over, folks. It's it's over. It's open season on everyone. By the way, Joe, you and I included. No, no. All right. I want to get to this Andy McCarthy piece, too, because there are a lot of people out there, again, doing a lot of good work on this, and I want to applaud them. Joe DeGeneva, there's a lot of Twitter sites, although they're anonymous, which always scares me. Well, one's not, so I think they're not. They're not really that anonymous, but... <laughs> 
There's a lot of good work being done out there. But there is a thread out there that, like I said this yesterday, that we should not try to connect this to the White House and keep like playing, I don't want to say small ball, but stay focused on what we know. But the problem is, folks, we do know things. And what we know connects us to the White House. And I'm going to read you a damning piece by Andy McCarthy today, who's done yeoman's work on this, from National Review, some uh, a, a snippet of it, that shows you that this is all connected to the White House. There's no way, why would we not do that? It doesn't make sense. It's not going to get lost in the swamp if the swamp in, is, is, is conclusively shown to be a, had, having it worked at the direction of the White House. All right, before I get to that, today's show also brought to you by buddies at FilterBuy. Thank you to everybody who supports our sponsors. We love FilterBuy. Folks, Dallas was 11 degrees. New York, 9 degrees. Minneapolis, minus 2 degrees. Winter's in full swing, unfortunately. Your HVAC system is working OT. Overtime, baby, overtime. If you aren't properly maintaining your filters, you're not only breathing unhealthy air, you just might find yourself with no heat and thousands in repairs. I know. I was there. It was bad. <laughs> I had to replace two units. Now, there's a better way with FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. FilterBuy.com carries over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options. All shipped free within 24 hours. Plus, and I love this, they're manufactured right here in America. Good job, FilterBuy. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade. That's some pretty clean air. So you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your system. Here's a good deal for you, folks. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery, so you'll never need to think about filters again. Save money, save time, breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. Change those air filters, folks. It's the perfect time. And indoor air can get really nasty. I know I have allergy problems. I got for filter by. Okay. So Andy McCarthy has a piece today up at the show notes. Please read it. I know sometimes I implore you and beg you to read these things, um, but this is really, really critical. It is an amazing piece. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh, here, here we go. So I have some quotes, uh, some, uh, some quick quotes from this piece here. The McCarthy piece, the gist of this, and just to take this out to 30,000 feet here. Sorry, I was scrolling through some screenshots I'd taken. I'm not sure if it's actually from the McCarthy piece or another one because I cut out the headline. Like, what are you, <laughs> what's wrong with you, Dan? I hate printing stuff. I'm actually like a free market environmentalist, for those of you who don't know me. I'm not a, I'm not a liberal environmentalist, which is a control tactic of the state. I believe in free markets, but I don't like to waste a lot of paper and energy. I don't know if you know that about me. I'd let, you know. Why, why, why waste if you don't have to? But this McCarthy piece, the 30,000-foot view of it, in conjunction with the other Andy McCarthy piece, which I had put on the show notes a while ago about Uranium One, is that both Uranium One and the Hillary email scandals, Joe, mm-hmm. it's important, are Obama scandals. I'm not going to tell you they are not Hillary scandals. They are. But the more damaging component of both Uranium One and the Hillary email scandal are that they're Obama scandals too. You're darn right. And the price is wrong, Bob. (laughs) These are Obama scandals. The Uranium One scandal, quick recap, is an Obama scandal too in addition to the money 
the Frank Justra relationship, the the millions in speaking fees, the Kazakhstan visit by Bill Clinton. It was an Obama scandal, too, because the Obama administration was well aware of the Russians' effort to monopolize the world's supply of nuclear fuel. Damn right. And they played along in an effort to reset relations with the Russians, yeah. knowing they needed Russian compliance for a number of things, including the Iran deal. This goes out the window after the Russian invasion of Ukraine and Crimea. The Obama administration has to cover its tracks. And basically, this is the whole genesis behind the Uranium One scandal and the Obama administration's efforts to cover the entire thing up later on. Now, on to the Hillary email scandal. You may say to yourself, what the heck, Dan? How is the Hillary email scandal an Obama scandal? Well, leave it up to the brilliant Andrew McCarthy, of course, to... um, (laughs) put the pieces together for us. I had to take some notes to make sure this was understandable. All right. On, let's see, what's the timeline here? uh, Let's see. uh, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to, I want to make this clear and, and concise so you all get what's going on. On July 5th of 2016, former FBI director, Jim Comey, gives the famous speech about Hillary Clinton where he exonerates Hillary Clinton after the speech, after essentially laying out all of those crimes. What's fascinating about that speech, it's important, you have to remember that speech, is that there are multiple versions of this speech. Remember the dates here. Mm-hmm. In addition to the names, remember the dates. So speech, Joe, July 5th, July 5th. 2016, day after Independence Day. He gives the speech And what's not in the speech is critical. What's not in the speech is going to have you saying about Obama. Oh, boy. On a June 30th version of this same speech, there is a line in the speech. Is this words? No. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound confused. I just want to make sure you're not confused. On On a June 30th version of the speech, so days earlier, There is a line in the speech about Hillary on foreign soil in Russia emailing another senior government official on her private account. Follow me, Joe. Remember, this is days before the speech. Yeah. In that version of the speech is the line that Hillary emailed, quote, another senior government official from the land of a hostile adversary, Russia, on her private account. Who do you think that senior government official was? Barack Obama. Folks, think about what I just told you. Why does this matter? Obama, in March of 2015, President Barack Obama, on an interview with CBS, Joe, now keep in mind, June 30th, there's a draft of the speech, That cites Hillary from her private account emailing another senior government official. That senior government official is Barack Obama. That line is struck, pun intended, from, if you've been following, you get the joke, is struck from the July 5th speech Comey gives on TV Mm -hmm. about another senior government official. On March of 2015, So we're talking about a significant time earlier. Obama, in an interview with CBS, says when asked about his awareness, because the New York Times had just uh, opened up and broke a story about Hillary's private email. 
In March of 2015, about Hillary's private email, Barack Obama says when asked when he learned about it, he says, well, the same time everyone else learned about it through news reports. Now, how is that? The email in question sent from Russia, from Hillary while she's in Russia to Barack Obama from her private account was way before the March 2015 interview. So, folks, these two things can't possibly be true. Barack Obama can't be receiving emails from Hillary Clinton from a private email account that is not state.gov. State.gov would be an official account, Joe. If you worked for the State Department, it would be whatever. Mm-hmm. Jay at state.gov. This is not a state.gov email. Barack Obama receives the email from Hillary Clinton, but then says in a television interview, Oh, I didn't know anything about it. I just found out about it through the news reports. Is this starting to make sense now why the Hillary email scandal is an Obama scandal and the Department of Justice is in an utter panic to cover this entire thing up? Now, it gets more interesting. Cheryl Mills, Clinton confidant, also a lawyer, Mm -hmm. Notice I said a lawyer, not her lawyer, because she pretends to be her lawyer later, but I'm going to put that together for you as well. Mm-hmm. Mills emails John Podesta, Clinton's uh, uh, enforcer, and basically been at the Podestas and the Clintons have been married together their entire lives, married at the hip. Mills emails Podesta shortly after that Barack Obama interview, Joe, and says, hey, we need to clean this up. Those emails do not say state.gov. Mills knows. Mm -hmm. Mills is now aware that the Hillary email scandal, emails sent from hostile foreign actors, countries from those countries, on private emails, there's no doubt these have been intercepted, have been sent to the President of the United States. And what does he do? This is where McCarthy gets brilliant. The President realizes he's in trouble too. He tries to clean it up later in an interview where the president says, well, well, I was just talking about the email server, not the private email account. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. But what's fascinating is the president seals these records. Now, you may be asking yourself, well, of course he would seal these records, but it's how he seals the records That should really open your eyes as to how knee-deep Obama is in this entire Department of Justice fiasco to clear Hillary and frame and set up Donald Trump later on. He doesn't claim executive privilege in getting these emails uh, uh, basically taken out of the public view. He doesn't claim executive privilege. Hmm. Why? Because if he claims executive privilege, Joe, he has to acknowledge that the information in the private emails with Hillary Clinton sent from Russia are probably classified by by their very nature. Mm. Mm. So he doesn't claim executive privilege. He claims that they're presidential records and has them sealed. This guy is knee deep in all of this, Obama. That's why I keep saying to you, this all goes back to the White House. I'm telling you it goes back to the White House. Obama's knee deep in all of this. The effort to clear Hillary Clinton, the effort to set up Donald Trump, the effort to entrap Donald Trump, the effort to put a sting on their team. He's knee deep in all of this. 
Who's the prosecutor on the Uranium One, uh, uh, a case that when a subsidiary Uranium One was involved in blackmail and bribery? Rod Rosenstein. Who was the FBI director? Comey. I'm excuse me, Mueller. Who was the uh, in the Department of Justice? Jim Comey. Who's Mueller's chief of staff? John Carlin. Where's Carlin? Carlin then winds up in the DOJ National Security Division. Where does the case start for the FISA warrants to spy on Trump with John Carlin, who heads the DOJ National Security Division, who used to be Bob Mueller's chief of staff? Folks, these people are all in bed together in the swamp. Did none of Let me slow down a minute because I get excited here. Yeah. In a bad way. None of this is coincidence. But none of what I told you is factually incorrect. Read the McCarthy piece. The links are provided. You can see the interviews yourself. Tell me what part's a conspiracy theory. That the emails were sent? It's in an open report you can all see from Hillary to Obama. What part's a conspiracy theory? That Obama said he didn't know? You can see the interview. What part's a conspiracy theory? That that Cheryl Mills emails Podesta saying we got a problem? It's out in an open report for you all to see. Mills isn't denying she sent the email. You know, I heard John Turley, the professor on Fox last night, say, he gave a quote, I forget what the quote was, but it's like, you're not paranoid if they're really chasing you. Right. <laughs> it's not a conspiracy theory if it actually happened. It's, it's not a theory. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> Folks, back to the Mills part for a second, because this is where it gets interesting. Mills understands she's knee deep now in both the Obama And Hillary email scandal. Remember, it's not just the Hillary email scandal. McCarthy, take it back to 30,000 feet here. The point I'm trying to make is that the reason these scandals are so damaging is because they implicate Barack Obama, the former president of the United States. Folks, I'll be honest with you. The Democrats would throw Hillary under the bus tomorrow. I'm serious. I'm speculating a bit, to be fair. But I think there is a lot of anger at Hillary Clinton for blowing what they thought was a ground ball presidential election. If they could make this go away, Joe, tomorrow, you agree. I see you shaking your head. Yeah, I, gotta- I think you and I agree. They would throw Hillary and Bill under the bus and say, let's just be done with this and make them our Nixon. Yeah, I've thought like, about hey, that for Nixon, a while. Yeah. Everybody renounced Nixon once it became yep. clear. Republicans. I'm suggesting to you. The reason they can't do this and the reason I'm upset at people out there insisting, oh, let's not tie this to the White House. Let's play small ball. The reason the Democrats, Adam Schiff, the leaks, the obfuscation, the Trump-Russian collusion nonsense, all of this is an effort to cover up what is the biggest scandal in U.S. history, the fact that both the Clinton email investigation, the Uranium One investigation, the bogus Iran deal, all of this ties directly back to Barack Obama and corruption within himself and within his administration. That's the entire genesis of all of this nonsense. Mills, let me get to the point I was trying to make. I'm sorry, because these things do get a bit confusing. Okay. Mills, in the FBI interview, after the draft exoneration letter is already drafted up. In other words, the FBI drafts an exoneration letter for Hillary in advance of even interviewing her. Mills, who's knee deep in this, I just told you the email where she acknowledges the president knows about Hillary's email, and she also acknowledges... And she, by the way, she ropes Podesta in on the email, which he's probably not too happy about, right? She also acknowledges in the email 
that Hillary has a private email and she knows too. In order for for Cheryl Mills now to pull herself out of this and not be forced in some way to, or subpoena to, she can't be forced, but subpoena to testify against Obama, Mills pulls a brilliant head fake. And I don't mean this in a qualitatively good way. I just, you have to give the Democrats credit for their deviousness. Mills sits in on the interview the FBI conducts with Hillary Clinton and claims she's now her personal lawyer, which is not true, by the way. She's an advisor. But she claims attorney-client privilege. In other words, so her conversations with Hillary Clinton will not be subjected to the interview. Some form of, she's claiming some form of immunity in there. And a lawyer emailed me describing, you get what I'm saying, folks. She's claiming some form of protection for her communications with Hillary in a, in a, in a deviously brilliant move so that her role in this entire email scandal becomes some sort of privileged conversation. Folks, I, it never stops. Now, back to 30,000 feet, just to recap where we've been. The missing texts, I, I said two predictions were unfortunately right. The missing texts, I still don't believe are missing evidence starting to pile up that they're there. Mm-hmm. There are leaks to distract what's going on right now. We're seeing them yesterday. The Mueller probe, I'm not convinced anymore that Mueller's a decent guy in this. The Mueller probe is an effort to distract as well. The leaks about the Mueller probe yesterday are an effort to distract because the walls are closing in. And the walls are closing in on what? This is how I tie this in for you in this package. The walls are closing in on McCarthy's premise that these big scandals are Obama scandals too. The Democrats would throw Hillary under the bus tomorrow, but they can't because as Hillary goes, Obama goes too. Hence the appointment of Bob Mueller. Hence the recusal of Sessions and the effort to get Sessions to recuse. Why did the Democrats want Sessions to recuse? Because who was going to be the number two? Rod Rosenstein, who they know was in charge of uh, the uh, the the uh, uh, Maryland, the Maryland uh, United States Attorney's Office. I know I worked for him as a Secret Service agent. They were under, I shouldn't say for him directly, but under him. He was the uh, supervisor in charge. He was also intimately involved in this Uranium One deal. All right. Now, I want to... So that my, that's my point in this, is that this, is, this goes back to the White House, and ignoring it is silly. The Hillary scandal and Uranium One, and I just walk through to you the evidence that that's the case. I want to get to another point here. It keeps, I get so much, folks. I'm sorry. It's just so complicated. But it is so critical you understand what's going on. There have also been a series of suspicious resignations going on here. That I want to recap a bit so you understand something. Why am I talking about this? Not to recap old shows. I am certainly not at a uh, loss for content. Gosh, I could talk all day. But yesterday we found out that the FBI chief of staff, who was a holdover from the Comey era at the FBI, a guy by the name of James Rybicki, is now leaving the FBI, which is fascinating Because Rybicki has been a central player in this entire Hillary email scandal as well and was was asked to testify up on the Hill and conveniently leaves the FBI, Joe, right before his his testimony up on Capitol Hill. Now, why would that happen? Let me give you some inside baseball here, folks. What's going on? 
as a former federal employee. This is important you understand this resignation. Again, the FBI desperate to cover its tracks on this. There are two sets of, how do I say, testimony you need to be aware of. One would be, and, and by the way, they're not mutually exclusive. They can cross over at times. If you're a federal agent, Joe, mm-hmm. there are administrative procedures to force you to talk about certain things. So if I'm a Secret Service agent and I'm involved in some scandal in the Secret Service, administratively speaking, mm-hmm. I can be required to talk about that scandal. Now, if there's a threat of prosecution, I can lawyer up and say no, but administratively, you can be terminated. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, mean fired, not right. like killed. Like, I'm, we're not talking like Antifa. We're not left this year. You, you understand what I'm saying? Sure do. But administratively, if like, and it probably applies at your job too, Joe. You know, Joe's got right. a job at a different radio station. They probably have administrative procedures. They can say to Joe, we need to talk to you about whatever, this raise or this equipment. Joe can't say, no, no, I'm, I'm pleading the fifth. They can say, okay, you're fired. They, they can, they're perfectly, Joe's not being criminally prosecuted. He's just being fired. Right. It's important you understand this distinction. There's an administrative route to basically force Rebecca to, Rebecca to talk. There is also a criminal route. And again, they're not so much mutually exclusive, but they're, if administratively, as an FBI employee, he can be forced to go up to Capitol Hill. Now, up on Capitol Hill, Joe, he can say, I plead the fifth. Right. So he doesn't lose mm-hmm. his constitutional rights, but the FBI can terminate him and say, you're gone. Why am I telling you this? Because Rybicki, who's intimately involved, was the chief of staff to Comey, was intimately involved in the drafting of the memo. The memo I just talked about, about another senior government official that was left out of the Comey speech. The drafting of the Comey speech. Rybicki's involved in all of this. Rybicki suspiciously resigned yesterday. Folks, Rybicki's head is probably filled with facts and data critical to the Obamagate spying scandal and the cover-up of the Hillary-Obama email scandal and the attack on Donald Trump. He leaves. I bring that up because there's another person, and you may say to yourself, in the fair question, Joe, you may be thinking right now, you may say, well, why don't they just all resign at this point to cover their butts if they're looking at criminal liability, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. McCabe can't. Andy McCabe, the number two, who I told you has been intimately involved in these as well. You have uh, Pre-Step from Counter Intel at the FBI. You have Peter Stroke and Lisa Page, the FBI and the FBI and the, and the FBI attorney, who were involved with the investigation and the interview of Flynn and the Hillary email investigation. They're the ones texting. You have Comey as the director of the FBI, and you have Andy McCabe as the number two. You may be saying to yourself, okay, Comey's out. He gets fired. McCabe, why isn't he leaving? Why isn't he protecting himself? McCabe can't leave because he's not eligible for his pension for another few months. <laughs> so administratively, this is why I told you the two tracks. Mm-hmm. McCabe is in a world of hurt on the criminal side, I think. He has potential criminal liability that may come up. But administratively, he's screwed. He's in a pickle. Because administratively, he can be forced to show up. Mm-hmm. He can't resign. Now, if he resigned, he's good. Say he resi- Say he retires in a couple of months. He's fine. He can retire and say, I'm private Joe citizen. I'm going to lawyer up. And his FBI administratively, Joe, can do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. But while he's still an employee, they have administrative rules and McCabe is in a bind. 
I'm hinting out to people out there who are listening that McCabe, don't waste your time. You're running out of time. I'm winking to Joe. Because once he leaves, the administrative path to force him to go up and tell the truth is gone. Rybicki understands this. He's out the door. Now, why is this interesting? Also, because yesterday... And Joe, when the uh, as I was sent out an email yesterday on a listserv I'm on with some pretty smart people, mm-hmm. when the rats start lawyering up, the ship is sinking. <laughs> Who lawyers up yesterday? Jim Comey. This stinks to high heaven. <laughs> is that Dr. Phil? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I don't know where he gets his stuff. Who lawyers up at Jim Comey? Now, how he lawyers up is absolutely critical. <laughs> I'm telling you, I spent all night in this. It's my, my poor mother-in-law, she's been with, here with me. I can't, I'm on the phone taking notes all day because I cannot, I'm obsessed with this. How Comey lawyers up is critical. What does he do? He replicates the Cheryl Mills strategy. Get out. Comey lawyers <laughs> up and announces that his, well, he didn't announce it, but we find out that his lawyer, Joe, is the very same guy this professor at a college, this law professor, and by the way, Comey's never said at any point in the past, this guy's his lawyer, uh-huh. is the very same guy he leaks a classified memo to to get to the media to after he's fired by Trump to start this entire investigation. Now, why is that critical and why is it the Cheryl Mills strategy? Moly. Man. Jim Comey's in a world of trouble. It is now on record that the information he leaked, remember, just let me give you a background on the story. Jim Comey, after he's fired, as admitted, this is not conspiratorial theory, this is a fact, he admitted under oath up on Capitol Hill that after he was fired, he had taken memos of conversations he had had with Donald Trump, some of which had classified information. He then takes such information with him after he's fired. He's already violating the law. He not only takes it, Joseph, but he leaks it to a non-cleared person, this law professor. He admits all this, by the way, Mm -hmm. and he says he does it to initiate a special counsel investigation into Trump, which, by the way, is then run by his best buddy, Bob Mueller. Oh, no coincidence there. Who's then hired by Rod Rosenstein, who is also involved in a lot of this Obama administration nonsense as a Justice Department official. Oh, nothing to see there, folks. <laughs> Comey has now figured out that he's not the white knight everybody thinks he is. And he is now in trouble for leaking classified information to a private citizen. So what does Comey do? Taking a step from Hillary and the Cheryl Mills investigation, which he was deeply involved with as the FBI director when it was on, he goes, oh, um, by the way, that law professor I leaked it to, oh, he's my lawyer. Oh, he is? That's funny, Jim. You never mentioned that before. He's your lawyer? Just like Cheryl Mills mysteriously became not an advisor, but a lawyer to Hillary Clinton when she found out that Cheryl Mills was intimately involved in the potential leak of classified information over Hillary's private email. Remember the email I told you about before? Cheryl Mills, we're in trouble. Obama got an email from a non-state.gov email account from Hillary. Oh, the White House is involved. Oh, I better claim attorney-client privilege here so then I can't be forced to testify about this. Jim Comey's well aware of that strategy. 
we find out yesterday that the law professor, who was never his lawyer before, he's never said this before, is now his lawyer because now Comey is going to try the same thing and he's going to say, oh no, that guy leaked it too. That was my lawyer and these are privileged conversations. Therefore, he can't be forced to testify against me about releasing classified information. Folks, it never ends with these people. It never, ever, ever ends. And you want to know why I was angry last night? Because, the, and, and this fake fraud Comey who continues to tweet out absurdities on his Twitter account, quotes from whatever, Chaucer and, or Dante's Inferno or whatever. I mean, he, and then he sends out one from Martin Luther King. You're, you're comparing yourself to Martin Luther King. Are you serious? Jim Comey was the supervisor, the director of the FBI during the biggest spying scandal in United States history, the biggest cover up in United States history of that spying scandal, the biggest fraud investigation in U.S. history into the Hillary email investigation, and now is replicating the exact same strategy the Hillary folks use to protect their own communications because he knows his goose is cooked. I want to bring up one more uh, point before we roll for the day. Don't forget this John Carlin guy. This arrogant snot nose. This guy leaves. You know what? I say suspiciously. Maybe that's too strong of a word, but he leaves, let's say, abruptly. Who is John Carlin and why does this matter? It matters because Carlin is personal and professional friends with Mueller, just like Comey is who is suspiciously appointed as the head of the special counsel to investigate Trump as all of what I told you is coming out. Comey leaked classified information, Cheryl Mills leaked classified information, the Uranium One involvement of all these players that tried to suppress the information. They need a friendly. Mueller's the friendly. Mueller's former chief of staff is the Obama DOJ National Security Division head. After Mike Rogers the head of the NSA discovers irregularities in basically the spying on of Americans. It's called 702, but I don't want to get too deep in the weeds because I want you to understand what I'm saying. The head of the NSA discovers irregularities in what the FBI and NSA are doing to spy on Americans. Basically warrantless searches. He demands a review by this compliance office within the NSA that's submitted to the FISA court. The memo comes out in April of 2017. The review is damning. It says, we've discussed this before, that basically the FBI had been sharing warrantlessly acquired information with private contractors and third parties. Folks, it's only the biggest scandal of our generation. So they're tapping our emails and our phones and they're sharing it with uh, private parties and third party uh, contractors, uh, private contractors and third parties, I should say. Yeah, nothing to see there, folks. Rogers smells a rat. He asks for a compliance counsel review. This is important in relationship to Carlin. I'm convinced that Carlin, in the head of the DOJ National Security Division, given their lack of oversight, remember, as I pointed out with those uh, treehouse guys that indicated a good point, that the DOJ National Security Division is not subjected to OIG review. They understand if if the Obama administration is going to initiate a spying operation on Trump, that's the place to start it. Department of Justice National Security Division, because the OIG, Internal Affairs, Joe, there's nothing they can do about it. Mm -hmm. Carlin initiates this thing. 
Rogers smells a rat. Rogers asks for the review. As the review is about to come out, Carlin senses something's up. Carlin asks for a review to beat him to the punch in September of 2016. After he knows, Rogers knows what's up. In other words, like, hey, we better ask for a review too, winking and nod, like something's going on here. Not long after that, Carlin resigns. So what am I telling you? Carlin at DOJ National Security Division has to know what's going on in the Trump spying operation. He has to. He senses Rogers is onto him. So he then goes to the FISA court and, the compli- and he requests his own review, basically like, you know what? We're going to pin this all on Rogers. Now, what's amazing about this is Carlin, instead of disappearing into the weeds, Carlin goes out and gives interviews afterwards. And I want you to listen to this interview. I have a sound uh, cut here from Joe of Carlin and his concern. Pay attention. This is very important to his concern that the Trump team not in any way interfere with the special counsel led by his former boss, Bob Mueller. Because as I'm telling you, folks, he knows that the special counsel investigation is the only distraction he has left from drawing attention to his role in the biggest scandal in U.S. history. Play that cut. The reason why Rod gave a special counsel with a measure of independence is because of the importance of that position being seen to operate without interference by the political branch. And before it reached anyone else, I would hope the department would take strong, uh, strong measures to prevent that from occurring. And I don't think uh, were to be fired uh, without cause to block an investigation that it would probably be the only official who left the Department of Justice at that time. If the uh, authority was granted to appoint someone and, and uh, do so through their own um, measures to say, hey, I need someone independent to look at this, and then to have that decision overturned to stop an investigation, I can't think of something that the, both the career and political folks there would take more seriously than that. Folks, that is a critical piece of audio. Notice what Carlin says. Again, this is Obama's Department of Justice National Security Division head. Obama absolutely knows what's going on. Or he's the dumbest president in U.S. history, and I don't believe any of that. This is the guy who is intimately involved in the, with the NSA and the FBI and the accumulation of data and has to know about this Trump spying scandal. He's now concerned about what? Trump interference with the special counsel. They know is bogus. They know there's no Trump Russia, but they need the distraction to continue for impeachment to get rid of Trump to make this go away. So what does he say? This is why I brought up the suspicious resignations before. He says, well, listen, if Trump gets involved with this, basically, and fires a special counsel, that there'll be no one left at the Department of Justice because they could all resign. Why would they all resign? They would all resign because they would not be subjected to the administrative track where they'd be forced to go up to Capitol Hill and tell you about their role in the biggest scandal in U.S. history. They can take the criminal route, plead the fifth, and not have to worry about any of it. Man. It's a dog whistle. It's a dog whistle to do exactly what Rybicki did. Hey, if Trump gets involved in this and shuts this thing down, everybody needs to resign. Wink, wink, nod, nod. By the way, administrative procedures won't apply anymore. You're just a private citizen. You can all plead the fifth, and this thing will all go away. Nice, nice. Crazy how that happens. Folks, telling you, you are looking at the biggest scandal in U.S. history, and when that memo comes out, just watch the efforts to distract. But look, Shazam. 
All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to my email list at Bongino.com. You got to read these articles today. You just have to read them to have a full understanding of the scope of the damage that this administration did, the Obama administration, to the Constitutional Republic. It's unbelievably disturbing. I'll see you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.